Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. as God would give me utterance. About what I call, usually when I title what God gives to me or what God shows me, it usually comes with a picture. So I try to put words to the picture. But when I'm ministering, I try to go beyond the words and get the picture the way I saw it and just deliver the picture. Just deliver the picture. So, it's a prophetic service, but the word around the picture is don't waste the season. Don't waste the season. Acts chapter 17. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 17, from verse 26 to 27. And he made from one man, I'm reading the English Standard Version, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place was 27 that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him yet he's actually not far from each one of us from each one of us he has made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth and he has determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Daniel chapter 2 verse 20 Daniel 2 and 20 Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might he changes times and seasons he moves kings and sets up kings he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding he reveals deep and hidden things he knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. Verse 23 says, To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 
from verse 1. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build, to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And lastly, Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So whether or not you know it, whether you expect it, whether you plan for it or not, seasons will change. Seasons will change. And as children of God, our distraction should not be foiled by the fact that a season has changed but that to recognize that God is behind every season and that God has not left you. He hasn't left you. He's behind every season. Acts says that he has allotted the appointed times and their predetermined boundaries. For God to do that, it means he knows the in and the out. He knows the in and the out. So as long as the earth remains, the seasons will be. So it means that there are seasons that will come without me doing anything about it. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, they will not cease. The cycle will come. The cycle will come. And Daniel tells us that he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness. He knows what is in the dark and the light dwells with him. So if God knows what's in the darkness and light dwells with him, it means that if there's a night season, he knows what's there. If, if it's day season, light dwells with him. So there is no season that God is not there. There's no season that he's not there. He 
It says it changes times and seasons. But the interesting thing there is that he gives wisdom and he gives knowledge. So I realized that when seasons change, God doesn't change. So when God doesn't change in the seasons that have changed, it means that what should change for me is wisdom and knowledge. To know how to apply in the seasons that I am in. So that there is no season of my life that is wasted. The only time the season of my life will be counted as wasted is when I cannot identify God in my season. So when I can't identify God in my season, then it means that I'm taking him out of that equation and then the season doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So God is behind the seasons of our lives. If you, if you go to bed tonight and you do nothing, the morning will come. If you decide to stay awake all through the night, the morning will come. So while the earth remains, seed time, and harvest cold and heat so when it's seed time the only constant is the wisdom is different when it's harvest the only constant is that the wisdom is different when it's heat the constant is the wisdom is different so in all the seasons you will apply wisdom and apply knowledge but they are different in their seasons so when it gets really cold the wisdom is you have to wear something thick when it gets really hot the wisdom is you don't have to wear something really thick So Daniel found himself in a season. And then he said, To you, verse 23 of Daniel chapter 2, To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. So in this season of Daniel's life, it appears that there was a matter that was taunting everyone. And the only reason Daniel was able to rise in that season because he recognized God in the season. So this matter troubled the king, but you have given me wisdom and mind. And now I know what to do in that season. In that season. 
there are three things that you will do in any season that you find yourself number one you will stay with god whatever season you find yourself whatever season you will stay with him the moment you begin to take him out of the equation the season is no longer making sense it may not be the way you expected the way you wanted but you stay with him you stay with him you stay with him because he controls both the night and the day he knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells with him so you stay with him no matter the season no matter the season you stay with him you don't get distracted by the happenings of that season you don't get distracted by what has happened the events and the circumstances no but you stay with him if it's the ninth time he knows what's in the darkness if it's the day light dwells with him so there is no season of your life that you would point and say okay in this particular one god is not with me no he knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells with him and in the various seasons there are specific instructions for each of those seasons so when the seasons come you access the instructions for the season it may be different from what you've been used to or what he has told you before but the moment you embrace the instruction for that season because he's there but if you don't recognize that God is in that season you can't embrace the instruction that he's given you can't embrace it so Daniel said you have given me wisdom in this season that we've entered you've given me insight you've given me understanding you've given me knowledge now i know what to do first chronicles chapter 12 first chronicles chapter 12 verse 23 said so these are the numbers of the divisions of the armed troops who came to David in Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul over to him according to the word of the Lord so there was a season that the kingdom was Saul's but then another season came the kingdom had to come to David and a certain people came together to meet David according to the word of the Lord. So the only reason they gathered together to David was because there was a word that had gone ahead for the season. So that word is what fueled their movement. And the Bible began to list all the people. And I found something very interesting. From verse 24, it listed the men of Judah, 6,800. Of the Simeonites, 90 men. 
7,100. Of the Levites, 4,600. The prince, Jehoiada, 3,700. And kept listing all of them. But it came to these people. Verse 32. It says, of Issachar. Men who had understanding of the times. To know what Israel ought to do. How many? 200 chiefs. And their kingsmen and their family were under their command. Isn't it interesting that those who understood times and season were the fewest in number to work with, that God was working with. He said they understand, they understood the times and the seasons and they knew what Israel ought to do in that season. You know, a lot of times we come to God we bring, we bring a lot of things before him. Thinking that God, if I can gather much in the season, if I can gather much, you will walk with much. But God doesn't walk that way. Those who understood the times and the season, 200. Every other person, the, the ones before them, Manasseh, 18,000. The Ephraimites, 20,800 mighty men. But of the sons of Issachar, 200 chiefs. And their family members under their command. When you are in a... It's not... God does not walk with volume. He walks with his word. He doesn't walk with volume. He doesn't walk with volume. So to understand what God is doing in a season, it's not human calculation. It's not human calculation. You can't calculate it. You can't permeate it to figure it and say, okay, if I put two and four, if God did seven before, maybe this time he's going to do 14. No. No. But you can't access that unless by wisdom and understanding. And that's what Daniel had. That's what he had. So number one, I said, you stay with him. Number two, you access wisdom for the various seasons. There are specific instructions that will come. And then number three, the word spoken will surely come to pass. Let me put your mind at rest. If you ever think that God would do anything 
outside his word, you've missed it. If you ever think that God will bypass his word to do anything at all on the face of this earth, you've missed it. He will never bypass his word. So if God has spoken the word to you, that word will come to pass. Know the season you are in and know the number of armies and troops you will walk with. God may have walked with you in time past with 1,000 armies. And then another season comes and you say, let's gather everybody together, let's go. No. That season, he may be saying, I just want two of you. I just want three of you. He might be saying, I just want only you. I just want only you. So when you find yourself in different seasons of life, don't waste it. God is in all of them. He's in all of them. He's in all of them. The, the, where we usually have the problem is we take him out of the seasons of our lives. Say, oh, there was a time I used to pray 10 hours. But now I can barely play 5 minutes. God is in that 5 minutes. But you just don't know. You just don't know. Oh, there was a time I used to do this, I used to do that. But now, God, has, God didn't leave. You thought he left. So you acted like he left. Because you felt it was because of your 10 hours he was there. Hello? It wasn't because you were praying 10 hours that he was there. He's been there all the while. You only sensed him more. But even in that 5 minutes he's there but you are not maximizing it so you are wasting the season. And then you are waiting for a time when you will begin to pray 10 hours again. And God is saying, that time has gone. It's a grace and an anointing. This time is for something else. But because you are looking at what has happened, you are failing to see what he's doing now. I was in a conversation with someone at the office. Another pastor. We just met and he was asking me, um, um, how is pastoring? I said, it's hectic. He said, um, would you, do you enjoy pastoring? I said, no. And he said, Would you rather pastor? I said, no. <laughs> I said, because I can't pastor. I cannot. I can't. He was shocked at my sincerity. I said, I cannot. I said, it takes grace to do it. He said, if you leave me, I'd rather not do it. I'd rather not do it. But when the anointing comes on me, it becomes easy. So on my own, I can't. I cannot do jack. But I recognize 
that it takes the grace of God to function. So I function by that grace and I enjoy it when I function by the grace. When I'm functioning by that grace, it's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. Seamless, easy. But all I just need to do, I need to stay with him. So if I don't stay with him, I will think that pastoring is punishment. In the flesh is punishment. In the spirit is the best place to be. Because you are not functioning by yourself. I'm not calculating it. No. What, what I'm going to preach on Sunday, I don't know now. I don't. How some people do it? Maybe they prepare the message, they see that. I don't know. Maybe God has given them when God gives me, there are times God gives me a, a message for, okay, for August, I know the direction for August now already. But this Sunday, I don't know. Why has he not given me? I don't know. But I just know that when I stay with him, he will tell me what to do. Just the same way for this same service. Sometimes I ask him, what do you want me to say? Sometimes I don't even ask him. I just go about my day and then he tells me when you go to church on Wednesday I need you to talk about this and talk about this and I understand that the reason he's doing that is because one, I yield and rely on him and then he sees the hearts of everyone and knows what he wants to communicate he knows what he wants to say to each person tell me how can my finite mind calculate that it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. So God's word spoken to you will come to pass. He cannot do anything outside his word. I don't care if you've held on to it for so long. As long as he's the one that has spoken that word to you. It will come to pass. Because he has allotted everything, set their boundaries, put everything in perspective. Put everything in perspective. And when we begin to recognize that, hey, whatever season I am in in life, God is there. God is there. The instructions for the season will come. The wisdom for the season will come. The knowledge and understanding for the season will come. So what I'm doing is I'm embracing God in that season and saying, God, though it looks dark, I know you're here. Even if I can see the light, I know you are here. So there is no part of my existence that you ever left, but you've been there all the while. So I'm not going to waste this season. I'm going to enjoy it because you are there. And sometimes God might be in a season where he will not say anything to you. And you'll be wondering, is my prayer life going down? What's happening to me? I can't even lift my voice to pray. And God is saying, all I just want you to do is just stay in my presence. Don't even say anything. Just stay there. What do you want to tell him that he doesn't already know? Just stay there. 
Genesis 41 verse 28 It says it is as I told Pharaoh God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do So Pharaoh had a dream and Joseph was saying to Pharaoh God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do There will come 7 years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them there will arise 7 years of famine and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. And the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow for it will be very severe glory to god it says and the doubling of pharaoh's dream means that this thing is fixed by god and god will surely bring it about So Pharaoh there's going to be years of plenty. And then when that years of plenty come after that there's going to be years of famine that you will not even remember that you had much. You will not even remember. Perhaps your story is similar to that that there was a time oh everything was good and great but now it looks like some things are just dragging and you can't even remember how they say the good old days you can't seem to remember the good old days it says this thing is fixed by god and god will surely bring it about let's read what happened after Genesis 41 Something happened afterwards from verse 33 It says now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt instruction God knows the season before you get there and somehow he has prepared you for the season but the thing is you forgotten your training you forgotten your preparation for that season so the times you are praying 10 hours and now you can't even pray one it was the preparation for that season but you forgotten A time of plenty came and then now a time of famine. But the instruction for the famine did not come during the famine. It came during the plenty. Before you step into any season of your life, God has prepared you for it. Given you the instructions, but many times we forget the instructions. 
You step into a new phase of your life and you begin to see some things moving in a particular direction. You say, I can't understand. The, the, the point is that we are overwhelmed and distracted by the happenings of that season. Not to remember the instruction of God. Not to remember. It happened to the disciples of Jesus. It was said to them, say, let us go to the other side. That was the word. Before the storm came, the word came. Let us go to the other side. And then the wind was boisterous. They forgot the word. They forgot the instruction. Because they entered in a night season. But the word was, let us go to the other side. It means whatever happens in the middle, we are getting to the other side. He knew that he didn't say let's stop at the middle. The word came before the season came. But they forgot the word and was distracted by the chaos of the season. But the word is let us go to the other side. But when they keep, if you keep remembering, he said we're going to the other side. So whatever happens in the middle, we're getting on the other side. That word will keep you because it will come to pass. It will come to pass. But imagine if they had said, Oh, Oriyamio, hey, Oriyamio Shurunga, and all that, right in the middle of the ocean. They would have died there, and someone would think, Oh, God give it and God take it. Excuse me. Yes, preach it. She's following me. The word came, let us go to the other side. That's the word, that's the instruction. Before that season came, the word had come. All they needed to do was hold on to that word. Hold on to the word. It says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Your strength is small. We don't gather in the day of adversity. We gather in the day of strength. Hear me. It's not when they say your house is on fire. You say, ah, oh yeah, let's pray, let's pray. No, that's not the time to pray. You store in the day of much against the day of contradiction that when that day comes it's what you have stored that will come out. So you are praying today, you are studying scripture. You are soaking yourself in God's word. When the time of contradiction comes it's what you have stored that will come out. That's not the time you say give me Bible, let me open. You can't remember to open anything. It is what is inside. And when what is inside comes outside, it comes with life. So at that time, there is chaos. What will come out is zekah to shamaha. And then you know that life is flowing because you have stored it in a day of plenty. And that's the wisdom that God gave to Joseph. He said there will be seven years of plenty. And immediately after that, there will be famine. He said, but this is the wisdom. Let Pharaoh set a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food of these goods years 
that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh. He said, that food shall be reserved for the land against the seven years of famine so that the land may not perish. So God has prepared you for that season before the season came. He has prepared you. But many a times, we don't follow the instructions of the preparation. God never leaves us in any season. Never. He never leaves us. He never leaves us. Something happened in Acts chapter 27. Acts 27. From verse 13. It says, Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete, close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Cowder, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run around on the citrus, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us. All hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Though they had the word at the beginning, what they should do, they ignored that word. And right now, in the season where they are, there's turmoil, there's chaos. I say God never leaves us. Even if you've made a mistake, ignore the instruction you got before the season, and you are now stuck in that season, not knowing what to do. God always has a backup plan. He always has a plan. It says, yet now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you. But only for the, of the sheep. For this very night, there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong. And whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. <laughs> That's the word for Paul. You are going to stand before Caesar. So there is nothing that happened at sea that will stop that word from coming to pass. Nothing. Nothing that happened at sea. 
You may lose some things along the way. You may have made the mistake and gone into that season and lost things, lost money, lost resources, lost friends, lost many things. But God is saying, if I gave you the word, it will come to pass. Don't look at the things that you've lost because you are in the season and, and by, by mistake or by not following the instruction. And then because of the things you've lost, you said God's word is not going to come to pass. No, he said, Paul, you are going to stand before Caesar. Let's go to the other side. He said, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Someone beat your chest say, it will be exactly as I have been told. Say it again, it will be exactly as I have been told. He said, but we must run aground on some island. He said, look, this journey we're on, there's going to be some problems, but it will be exactly as God has told me. We may lose the ship, we may lose some materials, we may lose some goods, but it will be exactly as God said, you are going to stand before Caesar. He said, when the 14th night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on, they took a sounding again and found 15. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. I mean, there were days without daylight. They couldn't see anything. But one thing was driving someone in that ship, the word of God. So your word is a light and a lamp. So that, I mean, imagine thick darkness everywhere. You can't see anything. But the thing that just keeps you is that God said to me, God said to me, God said to me, God said to me, and you keep going, you keep going, God said to me, God said to me. <laughs> and then as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense, of laying out anchors from the bow. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Is that not typical of a lot of us? The moment we see one shaking, oh, we want to quickly jump out of what God has said. Say, perhaps, if God is not able to help me, Heaven helps those. As some people say, the Bible said, I don't know which Bible says that. It said, unless they stay in the ship, they cannot be saved. If you jump out of what God has said, you are on your own. It may look like God 
not save you. It happens. It may look like he will not come through. It happens. But as long as it's his word, stay with it. It will come to pass. So then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Then I urge you to take some food for it will give you strength. For not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. You see, God's word will test you, will try you. It will test you, it will try you in difficult times. In difficult times. He said, and when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Communion. Enforcing his covenant right. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. They were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into it. If you read all the way down, you find that, that just as God said, so what happened? What has God spoken to you? And because of that word, it brought you into a season that contradicted the word. Or perhaps you are in that season right now and that season is contradicting in all terms the word spoken to you. But what you don't realize is the road to fulfilling that word is through that season. It's through that season. It's through that season. You remember what Daniel said? Let me read it to you again. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. He knows what's there. He knows what's there. The light. So he's calling you to the light where he is. But what's in the darkness? He knows. He knows. He knows. So Paul, you're going to stand before Caesar. Caesar is on the other side. Between you and Caesar, is this thing you are going to go through. But if you hold on to my word that I said you will stand before Caesar, it will happen. Say, yeah, but God did not tell me that this is how it will be. No, if he had told you, he would have run away. He won't tell you. Even Jesus. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He had to go through some nine seasons. But what kept him was the joy that was set before him. So the joy before him was greater than any ninth season he would ever.
ever go through. He endured the cross because of the joy before him. If God has painted a picture for you and has given you a word, a short word, and you know it in your heart that this is what God said to me, hold on to it. And whatever season you find yourself, don't throw out the word. No. Don't discard it. Don't discard it. Say, that's how they always say. That's how they always say. I've been trying this thing since. Looks like it's not working. It's not working. No. Tell somebody I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey to the fulfillment of the word spoken to me. Stand to your feet. I'm on a journey to the fulfillment of the word spoken to me. Say that. I'm on a journey to the fulfillment of the word spoken to me. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.